This week's down the slope. Uh, that's the four years again, same as the last few weeks. Harry, Ryan, Greg, and myself. Uh, Liam is hopefully going to be able to join us at some point. However, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, it would take the average looks at the podcast and potentially our football and IQ up a little bit. Um, how are we doing, Harry? You're, you were obviously up very briefly again. Oh, mate. And what? There's no many times in life that I get to say, I told you so, and don't enjoy it. But fuck me. Uh, Christ, absolute shite bags a lot of them you can the rooms, Hibs are shite but Hibs, Hibs are beyond that so God knows how I'm feeling mate, God knows Greg, uh, maybe out with the game, how you doing mate? Yeah, I um, don't appreciate the welcome though um, <laughs> you know, I, I work hard to look this bad um, and I think I've got a, a fairly reasonable football IQ so <laughs> thanks for that Ryan, you any better? Oh, I'm angry <laughs> I'm, ang- I'm angry what you just said. <laughs> I'm angry, Brian. I'm angry. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm angry. Get him out, Get him out. Right, so obviously, uh, poor result yesterday at the Derby Hibs are out of the Scottish Cup. Uh, and who have we got this weekend? Oh, Aberdeen and the El Sacchio. Uh, Jim Goodman versus Lee Johnson. A very appropriate tweet that was doing the rounds last night, this morning. Um, what we're going to do is same as the last couple of weeks. I think it's just uh, thank you to folk who have done the surveys, all that. We appreciate your feedback. Um, but yeah, straight in the listener questions. Harry, you have divvied them up in absolutely no particular order. There's 33 different points here. So we're going to bash through some of them quick. We're going to spend some time over various ones. First one, Hibby tweets. Seriously considering watching the Highland Games for the rest of my days after this, like, I'm sick of that wee Wizard of Oz bastard and these utter imposters who wear the green of Hibernian hope these are all good boys. Uh, that can be a quick fire one. What would bring more joy, Greg? Highland Games or going to the Hibs game on Saturday? <laughs> I'd rather sit in a dark room and play Karplunk against myself, to be honest, at the moment. <laughs> It's one of them, mate. Like you do feel yourself probably Ryan going out of routine, out of habit, out of almost like nobody forces you to go to football. But it just that—that's ultimately where we're going right now. It's, I don't think it's going hope over expectation, shall we say? Ah, it's the hope that kills you, and you always think ah, this might be the week that they turn that around, and it keeps you going. Right. For me, anyway. Harry, um, would you would you prefer to fly up from London for a Highland Games or uh, to watch another ninety minutes of Hibs tomorrow? You know, if you had to do it tomorrow, I would rather walk up to London. Uh, sorry, walk up to Edinburgh from London tomorrow than go and see Hibs play. So I absolutely give me Highland Highland Games or anything. <laughs> right, uh, Jeff Ashton, should he stay or should he go? Obviously, referring to Lee Johnson, should we wait for the director of football before doing anything? Or burn everything to the ground, especially the recruitment team, and start afresh, or are we overreacting? Unpopular but view, but keep Lee Johnson until the end of the season, working with the director of football, get Ian Gordon out. Um, it, it's, it's, I'm, sick of, I'm sick of Ian Gordon getting the blame every week. It's genuinely not his fault. And this is a point that just really gets to me, and I'm probably boring myself at this point, but he he produces a list. The manager says yes or no. The manager sets up the team. 
managers should be getting more out of the squad of players. The problems are higher up, I think, than, than Ian Gordon and his recruitment team. Do we think that there is merit in the thought process around Lee Johnson staying in his job <clears throat> until the end of the season, be that the new director of football is coming into play, so you'd potentially want the director of football to be involved in any new hire. And also, I think a lot of people ultimately think we should be sticking with him because of previous quick firings with Sean Maloney. And you, know, you could probably say Jack Ross lost his job quite quickly after... Um, what was a pretty successful season round? Looking back, I suppose with the benefit of hindsight, you would say that Gat Ross's sacking was maybe a bit harsh given the run that Johnson's on and he's managed to keep his job. The thought process behind waiting until we get a director of football, like, that might not happen until the summer. So we're we just going to continue like this until then. For me, that's that that's not progress. It's not it's not a good outlook. It's nothing to look forward to. Um so yeah, I'd I'd I can't see the benefit of waiting until the director of football comes in if it's going to be at the end of the season. I've, see, for me, right, and Hara, they want to get your thoughts on this as well. Driving to the game yesterday, I said to Ryan, I don't see Lee Johnson um, getting sacked. I, I don't see the... And I, I think at the point, I was still almost in the what's the benefit of it camp. But, you know, you see the way that we sort of capitulate again yesterday. I know a lot of people have various opinions on how well we did or didn't play, but he just ultimately <laughs> it's another three 0 defeat. Whether you're the better team for forty five minutes, an hour, ninety minutes, you know, three goals conceded at, at home to hearts. I, I don't see how any manager survives that Harry after um after the exact same scenario what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. The only justification for Lee Johnson keeping his job is we sacked other managers. There is there is no quality of Lee Johnson that is keeping him in his job. Literally, the only reason he is staying and fans want him to stay is because everybody else, like they got the last two wrong. Like, I've, like probably they did sack um Sean Maloney, Sean Maloney, sorry, uh, Jack Ross a bit early, and then with Sean Maloney, um, that was a gamble. Fair, fair enough. But they've got this one so fucking wrong. There's literally no redeeming quality to Lee Johnson. He's nothing. He's not a leader. Tactically, he's inept. Players that he's supposedly put his mark on that he's brought in are being pish. There's literally nothing good about him. Like, honestly, I'd, like if your only justification for not sacking a manager is they sacked other managers and were wrong, get him to fuck. Um, just for those maybe that are listening and not watching on YouTube, um. Whilst Harry was in the middle of a rant there, we have been joined by Liam. So, you know, there's two excellent things that have happened at once there. <laughs> uh, Liam, Lee Johnson, Jeff's, Jeff's posed the question around um, ultimately should he stay until the director of football comes in uh, for the director of football to then have the opportunity to to play a part in the potential hire and then also spoke about getting Ian Gordon out, etc. Um, where, where do you land on the Lee Johnson situation right now? Here's my take on it. So I think we're all probably nodding away in agreement with the fact that the entire football department is at fault for where we are at the moment. And by the entire football department, I mean everything from recruitment to head coach. Uh, the CEO was involved in the appointment of the last two head coaches, the sacking of the manager and the current structure which we have in place at the football club. 
Um, that for me, in any good world of corporate structure, means that everybody, including the CEO downwards in the football department, is accountable for our failures. And therefore, I think the buck stops with Ben. I think he needs to go. I think Johnson needs to follow him. And I don't think any of those people should be involved in the recruitment of the director of football because all that will do is perpetuate the failures that we've already seen within this football club by continuing to allow people free reign to appoint folk when they quite clearly don't know what they're doing. Um, Liam, if we were to move on the CEO and the manager, not saying the manager would have any influence when the director of football hired in anyway, who would then be responsible? Would you be potentially looking to outsource the hire? You know, would you be looking to... The, the board ultimately make the call, so you'd get you bring someone from the from from the board in on and on the process. The board ultimately make the call, and I know a lot of people will pick holes in that by saying the board are at fault. But the 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 board have ultimately all they've done is just okayed the structure that the CEO has put in place. The CEO chose to put that structure in place, and it hasn't worked. And um, he told us we didn't need the direct football. Said we weren't a big enough football club. He's then put a structure in place where he's a business person making football decisions. That hasn't worked. Um, and the managerial appointment has been a, an unmitigated disaster. No one can, no one can, no one can debate otherwise. Lee Johnson has not worked. I think um, it might be a, a little plug of ourselves there. We obviously spoke with Ben Kenson, Ian Gordon, start of February last year. So if you take a scroll back, it's not on YouTube, but if you take a scroll back on the podcast platforms, you might hear a lot of things that we have referenced over the last couple of weeks in regards to like off-field stuff and recruitment and stuff. So if you haven't listened to it, maybe it's worth your while just to get an understanding of maybe where Liam's frustration's coming from there uh, in terms of the structure side of things. Um, next question, Matt Gilchrist. Surely the excuse of we can't be seen as a second club isn't enough to keep Lee Johnson in a job any longer. I think we've covered that one off, Matt, but... Um, is it time to cut our losses with McGuinness? Sadly, we can't depend on him. Um... Greg, you've always been quite vocal about you can't just get the injured, get rid of the injured players. Um, yeah. Do you still sort of stand by that? Nobody really knows what the injury is. So. It's a difficult one because you generally don't know how many times he's going to get injured or how uh, <clears throat> how long he's going to stay fit for. So, look, people were wanting him out. And they'd made their mind up, but I do think he adds to the squad. He's maybe not been as, as best the last couple of weeks, but he definitely adds to the squad, and I think you can't just bin players because they've they're injured. Um, but it doesn't <clears> depend on how long he is injured for. Like if he's out for the season, then you maybe maybe do need to, but must be a judgment call then. Does anyone have any contradicting um, thoughts there to Greg? Does anyone maybe want any other colours to the window a mast on it and say he should stay or he should go? <clears throat> nope, I'm right. Right, move on. <laughs> No, like I know. Sorry to equate this to normal work context, but if 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 you're the member of staff who was off sick, but off sick for very legitimate reasons, and they were ill, you would manage that sickness, but you wouldn't just rip up their contract because they were off sick from work. Yeah, if it, it's probably easy to say is cut your losses or move them on, but you know if we don't trust in Kyle McGinnis to stay fit as a club, how are you then moving them on? Cut what losses? No one's paying money for them. Well, we'd, pay up, we'd be paying up their contract. So and if, what, what benefit do we get from paying up a contract of a, that's what I mean, a, a good player went fit? It doesn't make I'm, logical sense to me. If I'm well, if if Hibs were to move him on, I would think if I'm fucking Dave Cormack, I believe I'm going, ah, okay, let's 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 chance our luck or 
you know, like someone of that ilk. And but I, I don't, I don't see how it happens. Uh, right, we've got a question from last week here. Sweebo uh, Slice, obviously done our uh, graphics and stuff. What's it? What do we call it? logo? Done our logo. I was really struggling there for what that was. Uh, right, we better change of pace here. If we were to rebuild the squad from scratch, who would be the five players we must keep, excluding Nisbet? Uh, Ryan, who who would be five players? So Nisbet plus five others that we would need to build around if we had a blank canvas and we're building a squad. I'm struggling to get five light. Um, everybody feeling fit all the time. I would say Carden, uh, McGinnis would hopefully be one that could be good enough on his day. Boyle, Kukarevic, if he if he's a permanent purchase, out with that. I'm really struggling. We've got players in there that are starting every week, but they've shown that they're not good enough to be starters to go and win games of football. And that's the problem, ultimately, at the minute. We were playing 11 guys on the pitch that aren't good enough to compete with the other teams that we're playing against. Well, um, David Marshall, is that of the age, if you were starting a squad from, from, from a blank canvas, would you be viewing him as someone that you wanted in there, especially with his recent form, uh, Liam? No. Not based on recent form. Based on his qualities as a mm. professional, yes, but not based on his recent form. Yeah. They're two different people to me almost. Greg, can you can you list five players <laughs> plus Nisbet that you would think yeah, they're 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 players I want? You won't even name one. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think look, look, do you know what? I think Cadden gets a lot of shit. I know that. We've we've had our own World War Three in the chat about that a couple of, a couple of times. Um, <clears throat> Jake Doyle Hayes from the managers no smash them in training. Um, I think I think there's a player in there as well, but I don't know. I think gamble possibly, but then you're really settling for effort and above all else, you know, effort effort is very good, but bare minimum. So. I think I think to name five I'd be I'd be struggling Albion. It feels like we've got an abundance of players that you'd go I keep them for the bench. Like Aye, yeah. you know, like uh, and Liam, you obviously put gave a uh, who I can't remember, it was Liam or Harry in the chat today talking about that we have a better squad than everyone else out of sort of if you were to below uh, Hearts, Aberdeen, Celtic Rangers. And so I we look at a few team squads and I think individually they do have players maybe that are better than ours, but then there's just quite a drop-off. It feels like we have quite a level of average. I don't think there's too many absolutely horrendous players in our squad. There's no, there is. No, but I don't think... <laughs> but then there's probably not so many either at the other end. <laughs> right, next question. Uh, John well, we're very middle of the road. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Can I, bag average, if that. We're very much. I don't know. one, I'd probably say Boyle because Boyle and Nisbet are pretty much the, the team. Maybe McGeady as well, but obviously <clears> he's getting on a bit. However, his performances have been pretty good, but pretty good compared to the rest of the shape. So, so if we want to go with five, let's try to get a consensus. So Murray Johnson, <clears throat> Oscar McIntyre, Ethan Laidlaw, Ethan Laidlaw, Murray Aiken. And Jacob Blaney. They do need to start being involved more. I was excluding that, Specky. Just you go back to send your work email. I, I, that was tongue-in-cheek because I've ridiculed people for saying play them, but I'm, I'm at the stage now where I'm I'm ready just to play them. There can't be any worse than that lot out there. Right. 
Uh, we've been recording for a while, and we're on question five, uh, Liam, you're the Chris, of Ferry. We're a loud discussion, you <laughs> <laughs> Right, John McIntosh. Uh, no, sorry, we've just done John's. Uh, Tatty1875, might just be me, and he's not the biggest problem, but by far, but Marshall of late has been very poor. One-on-one, he's very, very poor. Decision-making is off at times. Not saying he's at fault, but he needs to step up his game. Um, do you know what? I'm just maybe going to... I think I mentioned this. Dreadful. And Let's get it right. Dreadful. It, it's funny, and I don't want to spark the World War Three that we've had at points uh, with Chris Cadden, but you know, Cadden and Marshall, they are two players potentially that regardless of form they're going to play, aren't they? You know, like, yes. like, like regardless of what they do, they're playing. And we've seen it over the years that that probably can have a negative uh, impact on the team, Harry. Well, we know our CEO's thoughts on Lewis Miller, so he's mm. Cadden's going to play. Because yeah, our CEO has spoken out about Lewis Miller. Um, all he does is run his mouth constantly, and I'm I'm getting really sick of it now. All he, that's all he does is run his mouth before the games, and he does this and he does that, and he says this and that. How about he keeps it quiet and does his job? Or how about he does the opposite of his job? Because that would probably be more beneficial for the football club. Uh, right, Ryan, question seven. One of your uh, back row of these stand friends, Lee Rose. Simply, what the fuck? What the fuck, Lee? What the fuck is right? <laughs> uh, question A, Luke Cunningham. Where do we go from here? What do we have to look forward to as fans or do we have to write this season off already? I don't, personally, I don't think you write the season off, but I'm struggling to think of what you've got to look forward to. Um, Ryan, seeing as you haven't really got much to go on there, anything to look forward to that's obvious? No, no. Not unless there's a massive turnaround in form and there's a push to get into a European place. But typically, and I think we discussed in the car, the amount of trips we've had to Hamden over the last 10, 12 years is something that we've all looked forward to every season. And uh, we don't have that now. We've got nothing to look forward to. I think we figured, I think this is only the third season since the 2012 Cup final that we won't have been to Hamden. Others being the year we went down and Lennon slash Hecky season. Um, Greg, is is there maybe the one obvious thing to look forward to with the club coming up in the next week or so with the, the, the youth team's Champions League game against Dortmund? That's about that, but how, how, are the, how is that team going to play at the weekend after that? I know. This, this, it's really sad that our manager decides to moan about the League Cup group stages. Can't even get away than that. The performance yesterday was, let's be honest, poor. You can say you're the better team, but ultimately if you score zero goals and don't defend well enough, then you get what you deserve. So <clears throat> there, there's just, absolutely nothing to look forward to at all. I just want to chime in on this because I, I tweeted about it and I've got people um, saying that I'm an absolute idiot for saying that the season's over. But we've got a manager who has alienated the squad by saying that they're not good enough to play for him. So he's not named specific names, but he's made sweeping statements about how he's got nothing to play with. The last few weeks, he's had more than the capabilities of changing up systems or formations or style of play. He's refused to do it. He's refused to change personnel to try and make a statement of saying the squad I've got is not good enough. So when he does inevitably get sacked or walk away, he's going to say, oh, the whole time I said the team's not good enough. This squad, is, as as we touched on slightly earlier, is no worse than fifth best in Scotland. It's, there, there is not 
more than four teams in this league that have got a better squad than us, man for man. Maybe positionally at different, like maybe they've got better midfield or defences, whatever. But as overall teams, Lee Johnson has got minimum the fifth best team in Scotland, and we are looking shite. So could you argue he's only underperforming by one position then? But no, but we're not going to underperform by one position because it, nobody wants to play for him. Why would you want to play for a guy that says that you're shit? No, I know, mate. I know. I'm just obviously, obviously without without revealing sources <clears throat> or whatever. We hear things about how the squad um, takes time and and what goes on. He's got the squad. Have obviously got zero faith in him, so. Why would you bother? Yeah, and I get, I get you can play for your personal pride and whatever, but assuming your manager doesn't even go into change room after a 3-0 defeat for the second time in a month. What are you, what are you meant to expect? You're really going to say, oh, you know, I really want to play for this guy. He's brave. Nah, you're going to say, he's a shite bag, so what's the point? All right. right, Mikey Love, can you believe the decline in the last 18 months? Third in the league, cut final and a semi-final, albeit that we failed to capitalise on. Now with three and a half tra- horrific, I think I said terrific, uh, transfer windows later and four wins in 14. Uh, on, oh, and having failed to get top six last year. Um, it, it does feel like it also sort of roots back to that very first transfer window that got pinned on Graham Maffey, didn't it? You know, we, we needed... We needed a couple quality additions to improve the squad, and we signed James Scott and Nathan Wood. Uh, our CEO had started uh, intervening in football matters and started identifying signing players such as Nathan Wood. It was a masterstroke. Is it? Uh, do you think we're in the wrong to say? Like that is. It's more than a coincidence, isn't it? You know, and this is the the the, the structure did change. A new CEO came in took over from someone that probably all of us have actually been fairly critical as well in Liam Dempster. Um, however, you can't really argue that the club had recruitment pretty much spot on. Liam always goes on about a sort of 50% success rate. If you can be there or thereabouts, you're going to do well. And I would say that we've done that. A change of structure at the top has then since just led to a total decline on part. And you could argue that we're probably worse off now than what we are even this time last January, hi. Yeah, I'll speak for him. Or is oh, he speaking? I, 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 that, was, that was just my answer. Yeah, we're, we're worse off than we were last January because the man in charge. Take it away, Liam. Oh, no, we're unquestionably worse. Like. We've got to, we've got also, to, we've got, we've got to the League Cup. We got to the League Cup final last season and we were still in the Cup. Uh, we're out both Cups. We're, I know we're sixth place in the league by proxy. Um, but we might be in a buffer at this point last year. Six, we are sixth place in the league, but you'd have to look at the form table and suggest that if the form continues, we will not be sixth place in the league come the split. We'll not be that high. No. I mean, realistically, you'd think you know, Dundee United have started to pick up a little bit of momentum albeit obviously can see the last minute goal as St Mirren are behind us which actually really surprised me because um, I don't know if they've maybe just fell off a little bit but St Mirren have been felt like they've been having a pretty good season but the worrying thing for me is you know like you're not catching Hawks that's not happening they've got a game in hand they're 11 points ahead of you already 
In fact, no, sorry, they played their game in hand. I apologise. But even Livingston, you know, there's there's four points in there and they've got a game in hand. It's it's because it's starting to become a bit of a worry. Um, Greg, what's what's your thoughts on that sort of the structure in the last eighteen months and all that? Obviously, <clears throat> I have been guilty in the past of being very overcritical at times, and you're going to continue. This. Maybe, maybe pinning the blame on on people, but then you actually realise that the people weren't as bad as the new people. AKA, that hasn't always been a... <laughs> AKA Graham Matthew, possibly Jack Ross. That's pain. I'm not saying that. No, but I'm not saying that we shouldn't have sacked Jack Ross because the form was really bad and we were going absolutely nowhere and it was really grim. But <clears throat> the man in charge of finding a replacement has made an absolute arse of it. Um, I don't think we're this bad under Sean Maloney, if I'm honest. We've probably gone backwards from Sean Maloney, if, uh, to, to be quite fair. Um, neither were great, though. That's that good. shows where we are at the moment. It's like two shades of shite, really. It's, I feel like we were, if the if you were to put Johnson Hibbs versus Maloney Hibbs, I feel like defensively we nil nil a lot better. It would be nil nil because <laughs> Maloney Hibbs didn't score and didn't con- didn't really concede though. So Johnson it would Hibbs- just be nil nil. Seem capable of but don't know. Who knows? But I mean, it's really bad. About 30 minutes in, we're finally hitting double figures. We're almost a third of the way through these, but to be fair, there's going to start being a lot of repeats. Uh, Dave Graham, explain a manager making one sub in a derby. And then I could literally, I could hear Dave saying this, these next three words he's a lunatic. And anyone that's spent any time with Dave can hear Dave saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's amazing. also it's also Dave's facial expressions when he says he's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. Um, he's right, by the way. Look, the, I know yeah, I mean, this is Dave, a manager. But... This is a manager that has had a lot of games under his belt. A lot of games. He's been a manager for a long time. Rightly or wrongly. He's been a manager for a long time, and he cannot make basic substitutions. I think I, I actually feel like at the moment he just does it to spite himself. There's no other. There's no other reasoning to not make a, a substitution. I do think um, he had right. So he had McCarthy stripped before the goal went in, and he had the opportunity to bring him on. And I'm not saying that. He should have brought, you know, if you bring McCarthy on, it doesn't even stop that goal. You know, he plays no part in that. However, it takes away one stick to bash him with. But to then not make another change until the 92nd minute, and by the, and one of them enforced with Hamlin, obviously, having to come on for a Rocky. And the Henderson one just fucked me off. It actually just annoyed me. I, I was halfway down the stairs anyway, and then just seeing who was coming on, I was like, why? Like, what was the point? So what, I, I really, I, honestly, it just baffles me that, that a manager cannot make a substitution to try and affect a game of football. He does it when, like, the horse is three miles away and he just decides to close the stable door. <laughs> what is the point? Right, you went to that, that, Oh, you were right. 
I, I was just going to say, I think you'd have been more than happy to sit there the whole game without making subs. Uh, obviously, Jago was kind of an enforced sub with him being booked, the uh, possibility of him being sent off. I think he looked more than happy and all, all the coaches and, and, and the subs were all happy sitting in the dugout watching the game. They'd have been more than happy to continue with the same 11 for 90 minutes. It screams it screams to me of you know that really petulant thing that managers start doing when they're under pressure where they stop making subs because they want to point the finger at someone else to yeah. so he suggest that he's not got players that are good enough to come on. That that screams to me of something he's doing. But we've seen it already. He uses petulant tactics like that. that he's done already post game after a number of games. Uh, he's guilty of quite frankly just not being a responsible adult leader. Adult. No, he's not. He's just not. He's just. He's just not a leader. Eh? There's nothing about him. It's, no one can convince me otherwise. If he if he walked into any industry tomorrow, um, other than his dad's achievements in football, he 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 would literally get laughed out of most organisations because he's not a leader. Yeah, there's nothing about him that screams leadership to me. Well, uh, yeah, and how how you've got no leadership qualities in the league. Five hundred games in football, and he, what has he learned in that time? Well, aye, so hold up. So the next question was for Mason about subs as well, but he just added a little bit on there as well. Um, and Harry, I was going to come to you here anyway. So uh, one sub with McCurdy, two last-minute subs when the game's done. We were chasing the goal. Should have made two or three subs between the 55th and 60, 65th minute and mounting the pressure on them. And obviously, Harry, you've taken a little bit of pelters on Twitter by suggesting that we should have been making subs. Uh, so I should we be making the subs in that time period and obviously more than the one? Look, so, so one thing that's been annoying me, and I've been having arguments about it with people, is I think the best time to bring an attacking player on is when you're all over your opponent. Like I think bringing McCurdy on when we're pinned back in defence isn't going to do him any good. I think bringing McCurdy on when we're getting in and around the box for 10 to 15 minutes at a time, that'd be the best time to bring him on. Like I think positively putting players in positions in which they're going to get the ball in advanced positions makes more sense than putting them on when we're pinned back. Like for me, I think the perfect time to make the sub would have been at about fifty-five minutes when we're attacking them and we're actually on top of the game, as opposed to sixty-five minutes where they've been football the game. Were we pinned back? Not not yesterday, but just in general. Like I just I'm talking about making subs. Because some people are like, oh, when you're on top of a game, you shouldn't make subs. I think when you're on top of a game is the perfect time to make subs because that's when the player can make a positive impact. Um but yesterday, the thing is for me even though it's at youth level, nobody on that pitch yesterday, if we came out, apart from probably Shankland, has got a better nose for finding the back of the net than Ethan Laidlaw. I don't understand why you wouldn't bring him on. Like The thing is, look at Ollie Shaw at, um, against Celtic at Hamden. Um, nobody thinks a youngster like that should be thrown on. He went on, tried his heart out, and he got himself two goals. I'm not saying Laidlaw would have scored yesterday, but I, he would have put so much more effort in than the players that were on the park. Mm. And on the, the left side of the pitch as well, why not put McIntyre on there? Like, again, I get he's young, but he's going to bomb up and down the pitch. You know, put a better fucking cross in than Jabriar or Stevenson. <clears throat> Saying that he's got oh. no options there. Like, any player has got a different skill set to another player. Just put them on the pitch. Like, he's got... How, can you make five subs these days? Do anything. Another stick to beat him with. Another stick to beat him with, because there's plenty of sticks to right now, is he, 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 when he came at the job, he thought about how he'd done such a good job of giving youngsters a chance at all the previous football clubs. Eh? You know, he kept on talking about the boy Dan Neal that he played at Sunderland and how he'd, he'd got him into the team and now he's now he's a star for them, etc. Et and he cited many players that he'd done that at Bristol City with as well. 
Yeah. Who's he, who's he played in the team this season? He's just I played think... all the guys that were already there before under Jack Ross and played all the crap that he signed. He's not made anyone better. No. He's, he's made a few players worse. Maybe Josh Campbell, maybe. Josh aye, Campbell. Aye, yeah, yeah. Aye, fair, fair, actually. So if, the thing for me with the changes, right, I've just had a wee look there. For me, I thought at the second half we were well, well on top. Uh, just targeting Cochrane on his book in Yuan had him on toast for a period of time. Cochrane got hooked on the 65th minute, according to Sky Sports here. And I did, and for me from there, we looked quite toothless again. We then didn't make a sub for this till the 73rd minute. So whilst I don't think Hearts had us pinned back, I do agree in the extent to with what Harry's saying that they, they had started started to get a foothold in the game again. And when you look at the subs that Nielsen made, I think they all impacted the game positively for them, but also they did have options on the bench that Hibs just simply don't at this point. So, uh, Greg, again, you've, you've, you've seen probably the, the youth team more than any of us. Should we be bringing the youth players on in that situation at 1-0, 2-0 or 3-0 at, at any stage? Give them the opportunity to affect the game. You know, give them something. Because I tell you what, they're certainly not getting out the senior players. So why not go go to the, the youth players and say, look, go and go try and affect the game or go and try and do something, you know. Get get the fans excited, get them off their seat. The fans want to see the youngsters come on. You know, you can see that, you can feel that. But I don't understand why he doesn't just do it. See it 2-0, what, what have you actually got to lose? Who gives a shit if you lose 2-0 or 5-0? You get beat anyway. Why not go, go out there and try and attack them and get the young boys on the ball and, and have a go, but you know, he says, oh, let, let's chop the third goal off because you can't really count that, but well, it does because it finished seeing you know I mean? like, <laughs> it counts. Ah, like, I just, I just don't, the substitutions at the start of the season were maybe a little bit too proactive. You know, he was doing it after 26 minutes and whatever. Now he does it till doesn't he doesn't basically before the ref blows a full time whistle two minutes to go or whatever just I don't understand them it's interesting how the squad was good enough when they were winning eh? late in <clears> oh well he says judge me after what is it 10 to 12 games 12 games I think we won <laughs> we that, that was it then. but but he's he's signed them so what is he saying he's not good enough so he should go is he saying that he should be sacked then because he's saying the players aren't good enough but he's signed them Right. 16, 15, 16 players he signed this summer. He says they're not good enough. So, right, we're gonna go for a little bit of change of pace here. Uh, Jack Gaper, first goal, Portro at fault. Uh, sorry, Portro at fault. Wolf will defend and put us under pressure for nowhere. Second goal, Yuan filled. Thought, thought VAR was supposed to check build up to all goals. Third goal, if Rocky not injured, don't think they score. Bad referee and hit the post twice. Unlucky yesterday. Right, can I, can we just get one thing right? I don't care how many times we're at the post. It doesn't really doesn't matter. If you don't have the back of the net, you don't win things. The first goal, defend it properly. The second goal, be stronger. That's pathetic. How easy he gets brushed off the ball there. And then you look at Cadden and Campbell, two but I would say pretty experienced players at this level. Can't defend. Third goal, God knows, it's like it was like the Alamo we got caught. But 
fundamentals and basics that we don't do right. That's what yeah. it is. Do you think I, I, a, a neutral that maybe hasn't seen Hibs play since year, Liam, could say, oh, no, Hibs maybe did play well yesterday. And, you know, maybe they were the better team, but we've seen us be the better team against the Johnson for 60, 70 minutes, lose the game. We've, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen this story a lot already this season, so how can you even put it down to luck? I think to give, us, to give us a minimal amount of credit, I don't think you can really accuse us of lack of effort yesterday. I thought the effort was there yesterday. I just We just we just weren't good enough neither box. Uh, we weren't good enough neither box. Thought we, I thought, in some respects, it was a wee bit like the Hamden game against them last season. You know, the effort was there. We probably were had, had more possession, probably were in there half more often than they were in ours. But when it came to the crunch, we didn't have the quality in either box. Our defending was sloppy and the final ball and the final third or the final finish just wasn't there. Um, that was the difference between the two sides. But um, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I have no issue with the effort yesterday, but I have a massive issue with the quality, and there's a real gap in quality. Uh, Ryan, Harry, you got any further thought process on whether Hibs were unlucky or got what they deserved yesterday? Uh, just, I think the way Hearts played, um, they scored their goal, and there was multiple times in the first half, especially, where they had 10 men behind the ball, because they knew for a fact that Hibs couldn't score. Um, like, the, the reason in a lot of the games that we are getting a lot of the ball and a lot of chances is teams let us because they know that we're not going to do anything to them. Like, fair enough, we've hit the post and we've been unlucky, but like, is it unlucky if it keeps happening? Like, you could say this game played out relatively similar to the way the game played out at Tynecastle. Like, Hearts weren't all over us there. We got chances there. We're not taking chances because we're shit. Being like, ourselves. Exactly. Like, teams don't feed us because we've got nothing, there's nothing scary about Hibs at the moment, especially going forward. And then, like, I just don't understand how we've not got any centre-backs. Like, again, we've got injuries in that. But honestly, like, the defending from crosses year on year on year is shit. The first goal really, really infuriates me because Hibs for the last, I don't know, month, probably since at least at least after the World Cup, maybe even before, we're bringing everyone back for set-pieces. Everyone. The only player that wasn't in and around our box was, I think, Yuan, who was in the wall. And still... Janelli has five, six, seven yards of space to get a uncontested volley in the middle of the box. It's just as uh, as Greg would say, it's uh, it's amateur stuff, isn't it? It's it's poor school. Don't do the fundamentals, right? You won't win games of football. Brian, Hibs unlucky or not unlucky? Listen, um, there's a lot of emphasis that people put on stats now. There's only one stat in football that matters. At the end of the day, goals. Don't score goals, don't win games. So there's a lot of people saying that the performance was there. If they think that, where's it been? Michael, Hibs hardly ever, Hibs hardly ever went where they don't score goals. No, they never. So <laughs> if, if, if they're saying they played well, you're saying they're going to be right. I'm trying my best to get them all in. Get them all in. Is that uh, Mike Bassett on the call? I didn't think Mike Bassett had joined. <laughs> we're up front next week, man. Before I fucking do. Fuck off, fucking. No, look. See if the performance was there. Where was it last week against Dundee United? Or where was it against Ross County at home? There's far too many inconsistencies in it. And if people are happy enough with that performance and still get scudded 3 0, that says a lot more about us than it does about Hearts. And, and for Johnson to say we're not far off them, yeah, we probably play in some people's opinion, the best we've played this season, 
and still get scudded, it's just nowhere near good enough. Yeah. The first goal, yep, might have been a stupid free kick, but there's still a lot to defend between the free kick being awarded and the goal. The second one might have been a foul, but again, Caden can do better. He just needs to run side by side. The third goal, make no mistake about this, is born out of a cross, not beating the first man. Is that absolutely our own fault? Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. Right, next question, Craig Robertson. Uh, let, let's do these in sort of one word answers. If we, well, no one, we can't do one word answer on, but short and snappy. Greg, who would you have as the next manager if Lee Johnson is sacked? Don't even ask him. You know the answer. Roy Keane. It's embarrassing that the, the, the people in charge of the football club didn't even go back to his representatives when he, when he inquired about the job. Yeah. I, I'd hate to have a winner at, at the football club as well. Yeah. As far, and <clears throat> what we need, as far as we're aware, there was interest there from. One side, um, Harry, next manager. If Lee Johnson does move on, anyone right. else to mind? Ryan, I would have said the same, but I'll be different. Michael O'Neill, I'm just taking the Northern Ireland. I don't know. I will fuck him, Stephen Bradley. <laughs> you know, just go to love it. Oh, grow up, you. I'd be. Fucking delighted if Roy Keane came in. I really would. Uh, as much as that might pay me. He certainly wouldn't have shirked going in the changing room after like a, a oh, derby uh, defeat. That's for sure. Right. The players might, but he wouldn't. Can, can I can I say Chetel Nutson before we move on? <laughs> <laughs> Get the campaign back on, baby. Chetel Nutson. And if he won't take it, then Chris Hutton. Still, still, un, still unemployed, any uh, Liam? I know you've got to go soon. So, second half of Craig's question: uh, thoughts on James Jago and the performance uh, of the team yesterday? We spoke about the team enough, enough. So, James Jago, I didn't see anything that concerned me. I didn't see anything that I was particularly excited by. It was a five and a half out of ten. Can I ask I if it, does everyone else have the same opinion as Liam? Because I don't. I'm not what are you worried? After whilst whilst I'm not thinking, oh, he's shy after one game, right? I'm not, but I don't think he looks overly mobile now. I believe he played on Tuesday in Belgium, so he should be fit. So you know he should be pretty much there. I think I don't think he looks entirely mobile. <laughs> Seen some people say that the booking that he got was good, and that's what he should do. No, in that position, no. For me, I think he, he just five or six I, men behind the ball there. I just don't think he fancies yeah. running with Mackay, and I just I didn't see anything in his uh, absolute caveat his debut. I didn't see him do anything yesterday that no one can or hasn't done in any of his games for Hibs. Albeit he's not exactly flavoured in the month of the. <laughs> Listen, uh, regarding the weekend, there's, there's five or six men behind the ball there. He's, he's about five yards and It is a lazy, lazy fill. You know, and that forces a substitution because he was probably at that point a player you would be happy to keep on pitch. When you know what is? So. Can, I, can I just address this point? It's something we've seen all season. It's a real lack of desire to track your man and, and challenge him and be physical and be aggressive with him. You just want to take him down because... It just, generally did not fancy the battle. I just don't, and and do you know what? Right, I see if he, he just doesn't think he can live with it. You know, he doesn't think he can run up. Well, on. 
Don't just take them out. Aye, Aye and I, I'm all for, I think we all are, <laughs> midfielders stopping counter-attacks, but I thought Hibs were in a decent enough defensive shape there that he didn't have to do it. And especially at a, t- at a time of the game where the ref was always booking you for that. You know, always. The ref had started to lose control of the game, I felt like, for a little period there. I think Mackay got a booking right after it, and uh, then uh, Cochrane got booked, I think, for something right after it as well. The, the ref was getting fouled ref, left, right and centre. It was I just, I, I just wasn't a... No right so people, 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 people more about, about Joe Neal giving away bookings and he's the worst for it, but really Joe Neal gives away stupid bookings most weeks, so what's the difference between that and James Jago with a good bit of play apparently? I just tell him laziness. I'm absolutely not absolutely not writing him off, and I think we would all be in agreement there, but I I think there was a little bit of lack of cohesion in there as well. Obviously, him and Stevenson, and uh, neither of them have really played in there. Obviously, Jago first game, Stevenson's not played in there all year. There was a few moments, you know, just aye, lack lack of cohesion, and hopefully it improves. You know, the more he'll settle. He'll settle, but I think there will be limitations to this game. But hopefully, he'll settle into the role. He doesn't need to be able to spray sixty-yard passes in that position, aye. but we do need him to be able to break up play and, and kind of stay away from the stupid fouls and pick up bookings that are going to. Four substitutions early in games. Yeah. Right. Either or no context. Scott Jr., who's a better organiser? Rishi Sunak or Lee Johnson? Oh shit. I'm out. I'm still I'll give Johnson the nudge just. Both as bad as each other. No, one answer. One or the other, well, he might be, but who knows? <laughs> um, neither. Neither. Harry. Nah, I refuse to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Right, Thomas, 15th question. Were they almost halfway there? Right, one player from Neil Lennon's 2017-2018 team into this team, who would it be? What I'm going to say is I want you to pick them based on form of that season and that season alone, not what they've done previously or after in their career. For me, it's F.A. Ambrose, comfortably. So Harry's F.A. Ambrose as well. Scott Allen. Scott 2017-2018 Scott Allen un, un, unlocked the fences easily and scored goals they had it all Ryan aye I'll go with Greg that's what we're lacking right now I didn't play that this season right Elston Loon I've spoken to a few Jambos today they're all of the view we were the better team by a good bit but it still gubbed us. The same team has been the same has been true in previous matches. So as that, so is it that we're very unlucky and it'll click sooner with as shit as we're making out to be? Uh, look, we I think we've made our thoughts clear on that. I think we're past the stage of. I was having a discussion last night with someone that was of the opinion that you know Hibs are maybe six to ten points worse off than our performances deserve to be. I don't think when you're in. Just you're be you're beyond halfway through a season. You can say we're unlucky. That's where I'm at with it. And I think when you see something repeat itself on multiple occasions, I don't think that's luck, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I do think we've all voiced our opinions on that one. If you're happy to move on, yeah, move on, move on. 
AK Rab, my favourite bit of the game was the applause for Stan Matthews. He was our local Bobby on the beat, and the guy was a legend. He knew everyone and treated folk with respect. Would often turn a blind eye to our underage drinking as long as we looked after the area. Top bloke. Yeah, it was a really good minute's applause. Greg, I, I might be wrong here, but I think his son used to work with us. <clears throat> I can't even remember. Can I mind his name, mate? I cannot mind his name. I think it might have been Daniel, um. But I think he did used to work with us in customer services for a for a period of time. Um. But no, it was really good. It was really good to see. Uh, it was good to see. It was respected from both sides. Yeah. Uh, and obviously you you wouldn't wish that on anyone. Uh, going to football and that being that. Uh, Jack Kelly, if you could only sign a player in one position to start, who would it be? Not a player, but positions. Mines would be centre back after today. It was left back yeah. after Rocky's injury looked terrific. So I think we need another one. And one has to go. Oh right, okay. So we've got another one. Right. So the Hibs related question first. Aye, are we all, are we all in agreement that centre back is now the number one priority? Probably two. Has been for years. Number one priority. Jackson left. Aye. Aye. No, no. It's we need two centre halves. There's two. There's two positions. Yeah. When you, when you have a start eleven, we, we need starting centre backs for both of them. Aye. I mean, at the end of the day, right? Regardless of what you think about Hanley, he's no fit. Right now, we've got Will Fish for centre back. Well, and Portress, obviously. Portress is still here, but. Um, Adam McGregor. Aye. Right. Uh, and the second question that Jack Kelly's asked uh, one has to go KFC, Burger King, McDonald's, or Subway? He's getting out of Subway. Johnson. <laughs> Get him out, Sharon. Get him out, Sharon. Get him out, Sharon. So you have to get rid of one. You have to get rid of one of Burger King, McDonald's, Subway. Right, Greg, it can't be Burger King. Long live. Me and Ando love that, and then we got everyone else involved, and and then the Burger King left together, and it was a bit sad. I used to go Um, when I was at college doing... uh, fucking coaching and development is what and on a Tuesday I think it was we go to the Burger King and Buchanan Galleries and get a bacon double cheese XL meal super sized and then go back to college and take a coaching course in the afternoon absolutely fucking disgusting every week without fail everyone in the class um, I am getting rid of KFC um, I'm going to bend Subway because I can make a sandwich at home man uh, see, to be fair, I, I don't really like KFC or Subway, but I feel like Subway is an like, entity. I quite like Subway though, because like, what if you because you're a child? No, but if you didn't want something that's entirely greasy or that, you know, like when we when I still worked with you, I found myself wandering over to Subway for lunch a couple of times. Can I go to Delhi for a sandwich? Get some fucking non-processed shit on it. Like Tory boy, I'd <laughs> maybe actually say. I'd probably say Baguette Express. Nah, Baguette Express. Express, to be fair. Are they still on the go? Aye, one in the hill, one in the aisle. I feel bad because it's unpopular with you guys, but I'd get rid of Burger King just because I don't really have any affinity for it. Burger King chips are up there with the best. So we all... Burger King chips, by the way. Right, so... Where's Ben Subway and be done with it? Aye, aye. Aye, we'll do that, fuck it. Aye, fuck it, ignore what I said. Correct, we usually do anyway. <laughs> uh, Jamie Govard, two questions. At which point do we bring in the young team? I agree, yesterday wasn't the match to throw them in, but surely the point is coming. Uh, I have, no. I, am, I would no. have said about two or three weeks ago. 
Start bringing them off the bench for the last 10, 15 It's been a long time coming, to be fair, but now I feel like we do need to actually bring them in. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, look, just to your second part of your question, I think we've actually covered it a lot in detail already. It was just around if John Singles should cancel go as well. Um, we yeah. have been two unsuccessful hires uh, on, the, on the spin. So, yeah, no, I totally agree there. David, St. Johnston misjudged the league. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> So Johnson, no St. Johnston. So Johnson misjudged, misjudged the league and brought in a load of draws thinking they would be good enough. Should he be allowed a second chance to get it right? No. David, I think we've all made our points clear on that one. Rachel. Just like Ben Kensel shouldn't be given a third opportunity to hire a manager. <laughs> Say no to Kensel culture. <laughs> uh, Rachel, a lot of people saying we played well yesterday and agreed. But if that is us playing well, losing 3-0 arrivals, how can the situation be managed? Is it not right. more money and we played well and got pumped rather than playing bad? <sighs> Sums up for me, you know, if that like and I think do you know what, right? See if you take all emotion out of it, Hibbs probably did play all right yesterday. You know, if you take all every bit of it out of it, but shite defending and right Ian Castro, if they didn't have goal posts, we would have won. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Shite final ball, shite defending, but, you know, like... But then you don't play well, really, do you? That's, well, that's you my can't defend that is my the opinion. basics and the fundamentals. And you've not played well, really. So let's, let's get it right. So is we're it, saying... Is it, is it because we had possession? So we're saying that that, that is more worrying, then? This is what I said earlier. If that's us playing our best and we're still taking our absolute scalping, man, how far What's off the point? are we? Right. But Lee Johnson says we're, we're, we're not that far off it, but another week he was going about mediocrity. You see, another post-match interview. Why, why is he mentioning international caps and stuff like that? It bears absolutely no relevance. Wait, he started talking about right. LA Yuan. He, was, he, he went, we've got loads of international caps. Aidan McGeady's got, what, 90-odd for Ireland. Fair enough. David Marshall, plenty for Scotland. Then he went, Kevin Nisbet has a couple of caps. Right, Poachers has And then he went... Ellie Yuan played for France youth system. <laughs> and you will go. Generally, international caps mean absolutely nothing. Right. Absolutely yeah, you nothing. You can bring some from Saudi Arabia. How many has he got there? Absolutely zero. So he can pack it in right now. Uh, Harry, you're just nodding along there, right? <laughs> and right, here's why my confusion came in JPJ White. Uh, St. Johnson never sacked managers. They've been more successful than us over the last 10 years. Uh, that's the, that, uh, I don't know. Yes, they have been. And yeah, no, they don't sack managers. Um, I don't know. That's what we were doing last year. I, I, I don't know what. But then, obviously, they stuck with Davidson. They stayed up. What what Davidson done that season is remarkable. Um, it's it's one of the best feats in my opinion in in Scottish football ever. However, he had an absolute golden squad, and that that team was fantastic with the players that he had at his disposal, especially for the league at the current state that it was. Um, but he has done a woeful job in attempting to replace them, and now St Johnston look like relegation fodder. Not this um, year, they don't. They don't. I disagree this year. I, I, I think they look, they, they look shocking. Every time they play Tipsy, they look pish. Well, I disagree. I think St. Johnson are going to be comfortable this season. I don't, I don't know. I, I think St. Johnson are probably I, I, right back to where they were under Tommy Wright. Potentially top six. I disagree. I, I think St. Johnson look shite. St. Johnson will be... Who have they got, Ewan? Who have they got? They've signed Dre Wright, 
Joe Murphy, Ryan McGowan. Well, that's for me. That right. that tells you the difference between the managers. And, and they're above us in the league. They're below. They're the same points, just below us. But uh, no, well, I, I agree with I agree with you, and that maybe he's getting more out as well. In fact, he is getting more out of the players he's got there with the limitations as as to what Johnson's getting with players that three points some of the have quality. What are they? Three points behind us. Okay. I think Well, I mean, really, we should be miles ahead of, of our squad that. And but again though, right? For me that's but a their manager is yeah. able to get the best out of them, I'd say. Our manager gets nothing out of us. Ultimately. So uh, no matter what way you dress up, it comes back to the manager. I think like and Harry, I'm, I didn't mean to totally downplay what you're no, saying. No, no, St. Johnston St. Johnston play shite football. They do. But I, st- I do play well. Exactly. And, you know, the Hibs, I've heard a lot of Hibs, heard Hibs fans, seen Hibs, read Hibs fans saying how Hearts just play shite football and that, or St. Johnson play shite football. I don't think Hearts play shite football. It's, I think in years gone by they did, but you can't, you can't be a long ball hoof it team with like Janelli, Mackay and Shankland as your front three and be effective. You know, that's just you know, like, do you know what St. Johnston do well? They they play to their limitations, but they know what their limitations are. Whereas with we don't play to anything, but they know their limitations and are able to produce a performance within that. I think Hibs are so torn. But, uh, the reason I mentioned Hearts there is I think Hibs, and we're somewhere right in between St. Johnston and Hearts. We don't know whether we want to try and play really good football on the front foot or whether we need to sit in and sit in and uh, you, right now you would look at that Hibs team and go they're not capable of playing we're not capable of putting five goals past anyone albeit we've done four past Lovey uh, but we're not capable I don't think we're capable of grinding it a one now either like we're you know like a proper backs to the wall like going away from home and scoring a scrappy goal and defending for 85 minutes like I, I didn't see that in this team either so like I don't know what this Hibs team is they're even hard to beat yeah we're not even hard to beat. Teams don't even need to work their goals against us. Can I say something, right? And, and this, this is what really pisses me off when managers go into clubs, right? They'll say what they want, what they think the fans want to hear. Lee Johnson goes on, oh, I, I like to, I like aggressive pressing games. When have we ever pressed anyone this season? Effectively. Because see when, we, see when, see when teams are attacking us, we can't defend. And when we when other teams are in possession, we let them have it. So where's this pressing game coming from? Last time we tried is it just, to is it just a buzzword Park. that he likes to. Last time we tried to press was at Celtic Park. You got ripped. I don't, even, think, I don't even think before then we even tried to press. I think I I don't know if I agree with that. I think and I do think I know we talk about stats and stuff. I think stats are relevant when you're looking at pressing and stuff like that because they do tell. I think we had won the ball back the most in the opposition half at the start of the season. But and you know, sort of in the in turnover and stuff. But uh, again though, I, I think since we got scudded at Celtic Park, the man just shot the bed. He changed we had a real rigid play way of playing it. We played four three three, we got the ball high, we got it wide and we got the ball in the box. That's what we done at the start of the season. It had us sitting third or fourth. We went to Dundee. Do you know what? We went to Dundee United and played well. We we did play well at Tannadice and we got beat. And then we followed it up with an absolute pumping at Celtic Park and he shat the bed. He's, he changed it. He um, changed everything. 
I'm glad you mentioned putting balls in the box because that brings me on to my next point about <laughs> his, his comments yesterday after the game about how he wants balls in the box early so the strikers know when the ball's coming in. But surely, as a striker, your job is to anticipate slash adapt to when the ball comes in the box. There isn't a time limit on putting the balls in the box. I do think we were guilty at some points of fannying about it, especially in the second half earlier, Yuan. I think he was enjoying how much he had Cochrane on toast at some point, knowing he couldn't touch him. And instead of doing the basic, you know, beat him. There was one point where he beat him about four times. Like, you know, like just maybe on the second time put a ball in the box. But I agree, Greg. I mean, don't know if it was so much an issue yesterday. Campbell done a good job in getting him. But we've, I don't think we've been slow in putting balls in the box in the last few weeks. It's been, other than this, but there's not been too many people there. But anyway, right, moving on. Famous Edinburgh Hybies. I think it's worse than it looks for us. We've got 11 games till the split. I think we won't get three wins. Our only chance looks to be County away, Kilmarnock at home and Motherwell at home. But I don't think we can win all of those. I'm thinking 79 points from the 11 games. Uh, he then goes on to another point, but we'll address this one first. Um, I don't know if it's worse than it seems. Ultimately, we've got 11 games, so you've got to play everyone once. Right, home or away... Whether you think Hibs are going to win three, four, five, six, seven, whatever, I don't think it's. I'm still not sitting here scared of relegation. I'd be scared think, if Kevin is, but left. I think, but uh, I'm scores. I think where we're sitting in the league is probably a true representation of where we deserve to be. We be we were good in spells at the start of the season, and ultimately it's tailed off. Picked up four points in the last two league games but I think where we land in the league is where we deserve to be it's up to us now where we end up yeah uh, his second point we des- uh, so there's two points here we desperately need John Collins as director of football and oh, this geez. lad Rodrigo Acosta as manager to turn our club around I've spent a lot of time in South America and Acosta is easily the best up and coming manager I've seen in a while well, I'm not going to ask any of to speak about Acosta because we'd just be talking in even mere shit about even mere stuff. I, I, I would just say something about the up-and-coming aspect. We tried that with Sean Maloney, who was regarded as one of the best young coaches in Europe. Yeah. Uh, John Collins yeah. of the football is an idea that terrifies me. And again, I, didn't, I don't want us to be sitting just disagreeing with everyone and everything, but John Collins' recruitment at Hibs was poor. Very poor. And... I'm 99% sure he had a similar role at Livingston when John Hughes went in went in there and they were both out the door within months. So I, I, I'm just unsure what qualifies John Collins for the role. I, I, I don't think he's got the credentials at all. I think he's he's not... Look, he may have a lot of contacts in the game, but I just don't see what he would bring to the football club. Do you expect that he will be a candidate, though? No. He's not done anything near or even close to what the director of football role is and had any success. So I, I don't expect him to be a candidate at all. Right, you made your thoughts clear when I asked the question. So Harry, have you got any uh, opposing thoughts to <sighs> would John Collins be an option? I, I like John Collins as a character, but 
like we we need someone as as Greg touched on there that will actually do a job in the role. Like we, we can't just take a guy because he used to be manager of the club. Like that that's that's the reason why Hibs fans want him because he was a guy that was at the club had a bit of success when he was managing, stayed a bit too long and lost all his success. <laughs> Realistic. <laughs> like you one last Wouldn't it be a great wouldn't it be a great appointment in my opinion? Right last thing. He also alienated a lot of people within that squad yep. at one period in time, which we already have somebody that's alienating players. We could do with that another one. Right. That's a good point. What we don't need is another person with his top off going around showing off his body <laughs> alienating players. <laughs> right. Uh, Big Stew, does the, uh, providing they're both still on a job by then, does the losing manager on the coming Saturday lose his job? Uh, they both get saved. By, they both get saved by a very dull nil-nil draw. I think Aberdeen have invested too much in Jim, Jim Goodwin. It's quite similar to him's actually. The fact that they got rid of Glass when they did, I think he probably went with a bit of a payoff. Um, and they've really backed Goodwin in the window. So I think that they have invested too much in him at Sarkham at this point. As for Johnson, they've made their thoughts clear. She she's just interesting. I think Ryan makes actually an, answer the question first, then I'm gonna detour uh, Harry, winner of the weekend is good winner Johnson gets sacked if they lose the game. It would confuse me if we sacked him if we lost to Aberdeen because surely you would have just sacked him now. Um I, I don't think Goodwin from Dave Cormack, whoever is in charge of that Aberdeen, I don't think he's on a shooting peg yet, to be honest. Aberdeen are looking pretty set to finish fourth in my opinion, which is about where they want to be. Yeah, they'll actually be okay with that. Um I think I don't think Lee Johnson gets the weekend. You you think he's away? I think so. I think if anyone's got any balls at the football club, he's away. If he's got any, if he's got any sense of personal pride about himself, he accepts it. Uh, I think seven o'clock on Monday night that ship sailed. I think that's. Um, but I agree with Harry. I think Lee Johnson's here. Regardless, by the way, that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, yeah, because we know the people at this football club with a loser's mentality. Uh, and like, as for Jim like Goodwin, I, I think he's close to losing the fan base in Aberdeen as far as... But that's purely judging on the small snips you see on social media. I'm not up to date with, sorry, Aberdeen football. But um, it depends what the data says, really. When you see... Hibbs and Aberdeen try and show Maloney and Stephen Glass. Obviously, both players that did have experience in Scotland, but maybe coaches with a little bit of different ideas. Um, and then you look at how how were Aberdeen successful? Right, they had Derek McInnes, a manager that had sort of been around the block, knew Scottish football really, really well. It's bit and then sort of earned his badges. How did when did Hibbs perform well? Jack Ross played been in Scottish football his entire career, cut his teeth a little bit. How have Hearts done well? Robbie Nielsen, failed way, Cathro, Robbie Nielsen again. That you know that like Could I also just make the point that Hearts pointing Joe Savage was a big move for them ever since he came into the football club, they seem to have have improved greatly. Their the, the recruitment seems a lot tighter. Just thinking where I was going with this was we're we're talking about the director of football needing to have Scottish football experience. If and when Hibs need to have a point an ex manager. Does this person need to have Scottish football experience, Greg? I know you've spoke about Roy Keane, but maybe that's a different one because he's, you know, he's got promotions under his belt. Under just managed in the Premier League, he's playing career. But 
out okay. with that, would you would you need a manager to be having a lot of experience up here? The manager that likes to have some experience up here, or if not, then be guided by the director of football who has experience up here. Would be would be that thought process. That's got experience in the Scottish game, realistically in the league at the moment. Who are you looking at? Maybe David Martindale. For me, I I think you just need to get a winner. In. I I I think like Sean Maloney's not got a track record since becoming coach of winning. Obviously, at Celtic, he won a fair few trophies, and then what you got? Lee Johnson. He's done nothing his whole career. Like, see the names that were like that John Dal Thomason boy or whatever his name is. He he's a winner. Like the names that we've talked about from that Stephen Bradley that Ryan said he's a winner. Like Roy Keane, natural born winner, fuck knows how many titles he's got in his career. I want someone that comes into the club with a mentality that actually shifts it. Because Lee Johnson's done nothing to fix the mentality plague that's been over Hibs for fucking uh, decades, man. And can I just say, people go, oh, are they, oh, maybe Roy Keane's no other manager now, you know, you can't, can't be doing this, you can't be doing that with the players, but that's the only way you're going to fix the mentality is by bringing a strong character like that who the players look up to, who who respect, who's been there, who's done it on the domestic stage, international stage, the, the European competition stage. Yeah. Right, next question. Uh, love, change of pace. Like, look, we're going to wrap up soon. I'm going to summarise these last few ones, so sorry if you are in here, but Tony Swanson, can I afford to start drinking again? <laughs> Tony, I mean, if you, if you can afford it, mate, uh, it might certainly... Start a GoFundMe page. Uh, set, uh, going Easter Road certainly would drive you to it. Uh, Stephen Bell, this is about Johnson again and potentially relegation. Luke Cunningham sort of followed up on that. Who would you want first game in next season? If they stay up, I'll take our, I'll take our broth. Uh, and then that's sort of it on the manager stuff. And look, I really didn't want to go into that anymore. We've spent enough time on it. Um, we sort of section here, though, we've had a few questions. There's been some murmurs today about Kevin Nisbet. Um, nothing in the press, Um, all sort of from various people and Twitter accounts and, you know, various people that trust people that have heard these, this, that and the next thing, you know, all the in-the-know stuff. But we've had a few questions from C. McCann. If we lose Nisbet, there'll be a huge backlash. To me, if he goes now, we don't get in the sig- a signature sign-in. We'll have eight to 9,000 season-, season ticket holders, uh, possibly less. Um, Chris Bell, if we sell Nisbet, surely we're going to get relegated. And Dan Taylor, if the rumours around Nisbet are true, uh, then what time will you be attending the protest? Um we cannot sell Kevin this, but this window. It's that simple. I'll be doing I'll be doing there like Gaza with a bag of cans, a couple of chicken pieces and a fishing rod. Jet <laughs> <laughs> we, we we cannot sell him, regardless, right? And, and to be... I was just gonna say, I'll be honest with you. Uh, if he wants to leave in this window, then nobody can hold that against him. I would not blame him for one minute for wanting to get away from a club that has a kind of toxic feel around it at the minute. There's such a disconnect between the fans. <laughs> and the club and ultimately the players are caught somewhere in the middle of that so you, you could not blame them for what now the only thing that I won't blame the club for now is Kevin Nisbet's contract situation by the way I don't think that there is a single fan that potentially even in let's say December 1st was screaming at the club to give Kevin Nisbet a new deal there wasn't any fans probably with his run of form up to when he got injured screaming at the club to give him a new deal and then just the final 
well, ultimately he's hit red hot form and unfortunately that's his contract situation. I also don't foresee him signing a new deal. He'd been here six months and was making moves via his agent, if you believe that, to move to Birmingham, was it, yeah. in COVID? He didn't hang about at Rafe, he didn't hang about at Dunfermline, so I don't expect him to hang about here, really. Harry, what, what's your thoughts on this bit? He's, as, as I've said before, I, th- I think that even whilst he was injured, he should have been given a major contract and treated like he is one of the best players at the club, because regardless of whether they had the injury or not, he is. Um, he's an international caliber player. Um, and we're like, if we've got the same board come summer, I, I wouldn't be surprised we've got a poacher situation on our hands. Um, but these guys will probably try and cash in at a subpar cost. Uh, Kevin is a fantastic player, and it hurts my heart that he's probably going to leave for not very much this window. Um, I, I, I just don't trust the people in charge to make good decisions about our club at the moment. Um, I think Kevin is going to be a casualty of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just touched on something there. We've been in this situation before when Scott Allen was suffering with health health problems. He was also kind of cast aside and uh, wasn't supported by the club in terms of a longer term contract when he had a lot of uncertainty surrounding him. So we've got form for it. Yeah. Aye, there's a aye, there's a aye. Aye, there's plenty going to be said there. But um final question, this could be an interesting one. Noan Kenna has obviously left the club on loan and it's coming. I don't know who the question's coming from. Sorry, Harry, you've not put a name here. But um, can we have a deep dive into Kenna LG fallout, please? What happened? Is he just a fall guy so that we could bring in Jago? A bit wild considering the hype around him when he signed and regular club PR spin uh, on him since, like sort of with stats, etc. He says, how are we going to develop any young players if we can't accept inconsistency in their performance and ship them out to get others in? Um, can we ever find the balance between experience and youth that's found us well and served us well in the past? Um, or are we going to keep them sitting on the sidelines up ultimately? Um, look, we can't go into anything with this Ken and Johnson fallout for anyone that's listening. Uh, I think there was some rumors, or was there maybe was it a picture circulating? Mm-hmm. Someone, a picture. someone looked like they'd taken a picture of Lee Johnson's phone where Noan Ken is apologising for kicking off at training. Um, but fuck knows. And it's this I'd imagine people are kicking off at training all the time up and down the country. Um, but... Well, they should be. And was, let's be clear, that's passion. That's absolutely what you want because that means they're all striving for better. You know, I've absolutely no problems with that. If there is passion there, let them show it. Have your blowout and it's left on the pitch, it's left on the training field. Yeah, apologies. Boys kick off at my training, like, why not? You know, you want, you want to win games, you want to be doing well, so yep. why would you not okay. kick off? And I, I absolutely don't mind that at all. Yeah, so let, let us say, uh, sorry, whoever's question this is, um, I do think we've covered the youth stuff as well. Um, so let's just wrap up on the transfer window side of things, maybe before a score prediction for the Aberdeen game. Um, Melkerson has moved on since we were last in, um, on loan to Sparta Rotterdam with a potential option to buy a seven-figure seven sum. And obviously, Jago came in. Um, this week, we need one centre-back. And then probably the following couple of days, we need another centre-back. And we need at least one this week. Um, 
But Harry, do we now need a striker? If Nisbet's gone, then yeah, but no, I just well, been thing, you know, like you seen yesterday, you had McCurdy on the bench, and that was it. I, I still oh. think you've got Laidlaw on the bench as well. Like, I, like, <clears throat> relax. Oh, yeah, I just forgot about See, the thing is, it annoys me. Like, Ollie Shaw is an example of a player that could have been something really good if we treated him right. I, I think that if we were to put the likes of Ethan Laidlaw or Josh O'Connor into the team, but protected their time and didn't make them the focal point of the team, but still incorporated them within squads and actually gave them game time and starts, I don't think that would be a bad thing for their development. I think that the problem with Ollie Shaw is he came in, had a good performance, and then we made the bloody starting striker of the team, which is far too much pressure for a youngster. I, I think that it's at the time now where the first-team squad aren't good enough. They need to start playing the youngsters. Like They're playing at a good standard, even though it is other younger players that they're playing. They're playing at the best standard they can play at in Europe. Like These guys have got a bit about them. They need to start getting a chance in the first team. Um but yeah, no, I, I, I don't think a striker's a priority because we've got like no. centre back, centre back's priority, centre back number two is a priority, centre back number three is a priority. That is that is genuinely my top three priorities for the rest of the window. I'll go centre back, centre back, left back. I'll, I'll go that way. Um, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you. I'd say that as well. Right. Um, what are we expecting on Saturday? Hibs host Aberdeen. It is, you know, for all the kick and fucking moaning we've done uh, tonight so there's another massive game in the scheme of things if you win you can you you go you, you go above Aberdeen I believe on points I think they're two points ahead there's just now obviously you get beat five points and I think they have a game in hand um, Ryan do you think Hibs will get back to winning ways uh, third home game in a row um, we've, well, we're unbeaten in two league probably. games <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just going to say what I think and what I want are probably two, two totally different things so I'm just going to hope for the best and say one nil Hibs. Harry? Um, I reckon Aberdeen will get a contentious red card at about 25 minutes and we'll win 3-0. It'll be a shit performance, but we'll beat 10 men because that's all Johnson can do. <laughs> <laughs> you subscribe to the narrative that everyone else was <laughs> Finally uh, game round, boys. Finally game round. Greg? Well, huff and puff to a nil-nil draw. Yeah, I gave my score prediction earlier on during the middle of the podcast. It's now 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 a one one for me. Um, I think two teams that are going to be low in confidence. Um, Aberdeen are playing just now. Is it is it a seven o'clock kickoff? Eight o'clock kickoff? Yeah, it was quarter to eight. Right, so we'll, we'll see see how they go the night against Darville. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully they get fucking scudded out the cup. Um, It'll be an easy tie. Like Darville will be physical, man. They'll be all wearing like a rash. Like it's the difference in levels. Maybe Hibs won't be. See, see when it comes to way. effort in those kind of games, man, they will be all over them. But you're right, Greg. They'll be the complete opposite heads. Right. Look, I'm sure we'll get pelters for this. Another depressing episode, but we can only say it as we say it as we see it. Uh, and unfortunately, right now, there's not a whole lot of optimism around the place. Uh, I hope we answered everyone's questions well. Uh, we'll be back next week. And... If you don't mind, you and just but just before we fully wrap up, I just I'd like a mini tangent because nobody's listening at this point anyway. I just want to say sorry for being a money prick on the last couple of weeks. It's not very <laughs> often I feel dejected with Hibs, but I genuinely feel a massive disconnect with the club. Um, the people that are in charge don't seem like they're pulling in the same direction with the rest of the fans. Um, as at times inept Rod Petrie was I always felt that he had passion for the club I, I feel that we've got a lot of people at the club at the moment that don't care and that really fucks me off and that's the reason I think that I'm 
getting as fucked off as I am. And that's my main gripe with Lee Johnson. I think he sits there during games, doesn't change it because he doesn't want to change it. Because the boy, he, he signed because he thought, you know what, if things go wrong, I'm just going to wait until they sign me, I'll get my payoff. Um, I, I hate people taking a job where they don't give a fuck about it and other people suffer. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get it off my chest. So yeah, fuck Lee Johnson, Not get him to fuck. Here, him not a problem with your son. Feeling better. That was good to get off the chest, eh? Do you know? Uh, I was I was having a think of myself, right? See if you you're twenty one, right? You're twenty one, twenty two, and let's say you got your first. You started going to Hibs games regularly when you were 10, 12, 13. My maths roughly makes that championship ish start a championship, maybe relegation season. So. I've 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 never quite subscribed to the oh this never felt such a big disconnect with Hibs and stuff, but there is now a generation of fans maybe below us that have had things pretty good. Would you say with the cup win and you know then getting promoted and so I, I think the club are at risk of really pissing that element of the sport off. And look, that's it's it's probably I don't know the demographic and all that, but it's probably a good chunk. You know, like a lot. You know, at that stage, you, you want to be engaging that area of people, maybe before their families, before their priorities, other priorities and all that. People that can go to games home and away every week. And there was a real opportunity post-COVID. Everyone missed football. And the last 18 months have just been shit. Ultimately, that's that's where we're at. But, um, yeah, we can only say what we see, uh, unfortunately. Um, and hopefully everyone that listens appreciates that. But... We'll be, let's say, we'll be back next week regardless to talk more complete and utter shite. And hopefully everyone takes what we say with face value. Let us know what you think, though, on Twitter and any other social media stuff. Cheers. Bye. Bye.